Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Wrestling Is Real. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Here's the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling brother day in and day out i am the best on this microphone in that ring even at commentary and whether you like it or you don't like it learn by god because it's the best thing going today Celebrating six years of podcast excellence, kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents the Wrestling Is Real Podcast, because wrestling needs us. If I have to start off with anything this week, I'm going to talk about Michael Che and Colin Yost from Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update. Who in their right mind thought that was a good idea to say yes to bringing them on to do WrestleMania coverage or to even be on Raw before that. This was one of the most, this, this was this. Let me just say it like this. NBC Universal, I bet you NBC probably asked, they pleaded with WWE, please put these guys on your show. Please let them be a part of your thing because, you know, these guys need some help. They need, like, you know, to be looked after. They want to be able to get a little bit of promotion. Maybe you kind of do something, but really, it's so bad. Like, it was horrible acting. These guys are not really celebrities, okay? Unless you're watching after midnight on a Saturday night, which, you know, if you're home on a Saturday night, are you watching Saturday Night Live? I mean, probably not. You're probably watching Netflix or doing something else, or you're going out. I mean, maybe people don't go out too much either, but still, it's like, you know, these guys, these are not Saturday Night Live, Saturday night live comedians where... They're so popular that, you know, they got movie deals and all. Like, Michael Chink, Colin Yost, and not for nothing, how long have they been on that show? Are they getting any calls to do anything else besides? No. They were offered what? To do what? Was it like the Grammys or the Oscars or something like that? Or, or the Emmy? Well, it wasn't the Emmys Award, Emmy Awards, wasn't it? And they did that. I'm like, it wasn't even that good. It wasn't good at all. They're not funny. They're definitely not funny whatsoever. But here we are. You see them on TV and they suck. And it's one of the few things I have that was negative about things. But, you know, neither here nor there. That's what happened when it comes to wrestling. You know, one of the negative things about WrestleMania. But 
besides that, the other thing I guess people can really be concerned about is, you know, people are complaining about the continuity. And I understand where you're coming from with that. Look, it comes down to the fact that we are all seeing a lot of major shuffling and shaking up of what was going to be WrestleMania because some of the storylines started finally taking effect, right? When you look across the board, all the different things that happened this week. So you say to yourself, okay, all right, let's see where they're going with things. Cause, um, you know, it's, uh, they definitely have some work cut out for them when it comes to what they're going to do with Ron Smackdown and how they're building up the TV product to get more people to be tuned in. Right. But the last couple of weeks, you know, things have been okay. Like we've been watching decent programming in the last three weeks. The NXT stuff, they were at least trying to make a move toward the right direction. But then we saw the real changes with everything going on. When it comes to Roman Reigns now, reunites with the Shield, right? They wanted to bring that and make that a thing. So trying to build that up, get the Shield back together, that's a nice thing to actually do to get the crowd stirred up again. And the crowd loved it. They all were looking forward to it. They all wanted it. And then you see Braun Strowman now and the constant with the new Shield-like group attacking the original shield okay and then triple h having to respond back to batista which was the shock of last week as well that i came up with first on this show which was great and then when you look at the rest of raw like they didn't really give us anything that was totally bad right so they give us a couple of little schlock matches with natalia and ruby riot and heavy machinery in a four-way with what B team Ascension and Zach Grant and Kerr Hawkins and a gauntlet, right? So you have all that right there, but then the shield reunites after a whole deal with Elias joining up with the others with uh, McIntyre, Corbin, Lashley, the beat down on Ambrose. And then we get the reuniting of the shield, which was a nice moment. Alistair black and ricochet still going on, making their thing. And we're going to see them, and a triple threat with Rude and Gable against Revival, who defend the they're defending the belts this Sunday. We'll talk about Fastlane coming up a little bit later on. So all that right there. Listen, at least there's production, right? But some of the things we're getting out of what's being involved with these storylines is the continuity part. So yes, there are obvious flaws in the storylines. There's no doubt about that. And I understand where people are coming from with that. But you know, podcasters, writers, people that are in the wrestling know the IWC, they still want to nitpick and they still want to armchair quarterback everything about WrestleMania because that's that's like the fantasy thing. It's like the story could have been told so much better. There should have been this told. There should have been that told. Okay, I got it. I get it. So a couple of the underlying things that were pointed out by everybody and their mother, okay, is the shield with Dean Ambrose and this complete change of character where he was heel and he was doing all this with the gas mask heel character. Now Dean and Seth are getting along better. And now Dean out of everything we're reading, we were thinking he was going to be on the outs, right? Well, what are we hearing so far? At the moment, his contract his contract status has not changed, and he has not signed a new deal. But we heard about stuff as early as last week where Roman Reigns is probably trying to convince him to stay. And if they do the shield together, then let's see what happens. And make that a point to 
make it where Dean Ambrose is still going to have, as long as he has Roman Reigns on his side, back in the picture, almost like the click again, maybe Roman Reigns will help get Dean Ambrose back in a good spot on the card. And he's no longer doing stuff like right now. Remember, he's not working with Nia Jax anymore. Like Nia Jax moved on to working the tag team deal with Tamina to go after Sasha Banks and Bailey. Like, did we all notice Nia Jax is no longer confronting any men and she's no longer confronting Dean Ambrose. So that's gone. And Dean Ambrose has been in matches and he's just been beaten down, but you know, He's now, I guess, a face again, and now he's a face with a shield. It's like, let's just bring back, you know, last summer and get the team back together again. Let's do. Let's go back to where we were after Roman Reigns was getting booed down again for having the belt and having won the title, right? Let's get back to that again. So everybody wants to see that again, but now we're all happy that Roman's back and Dean just changes all of a sudden. Then we get the sudden heel turn with Ronda Rousey, which we knew it was going to come because she was hitting a breaking point. So then Ronda Rousey, you know, people complained about how fast she went to the promo and what the promo was and like how she kind of reacted and everything. I thought it was natural. I thought it was organic. I thought she actually did a damn good job with what she did. And she did a beat down with Becky Lynch and Ronda and Charlotte Fleur, excuse me. And then, the beat down on Becky Lynch, everybody complained about how it looked. Where why why is Becky Lynch just getting beat down when she's supposed to be the man, the strong character? But we've seen what five of the last you know six weeks or whatever. You know Becky Lynch has basically caved in and she's look been looking like a tool out there because she's not looked strong. I mean, it wasn't long ago she was under sixty day suspension. They have lifted the suspension now. She has a chance at Fastlane to win herself back in the WrestleMania match. Listen, we're going to get the triple threat match. Hopefully that's where they're going to pull off this Sunday. That's what's important. That is the important part that I want to take from this. And Ronda Rousey coming in as a heel, along with Charlotte, who's also heel, and Becky Lynch is under unsurmountable odds to be able to win the title at WrestleMania. And as she does, is a great moment for all. And that's a great moment altogether. So I don't have a problem with that outcome if that's where we're going to. And I love that this match is going to be a triple threat at WrestleMania. That's the whole point. The way they're getting there, okay, I understand. You don't like it. Okay, and it's it can be done better. Yes, but you know what? With all the changes that are going on right now with the company, maybe Bruce Pritchard has something to do with it. Maybe it's the pressure that creative is getting right now. Maybe the McMahons and Triple H are finally getting things on the right page because they saw the writing on the wall. They said, man, they better get this shit on track. And they have, but that's notwithstanding the fact they're going to continue to make mistakes in continuity. They're going to push things along that are not going to make sense. Okay. This company is not known for its continuity. That's pretty obvious. We know that for a fact. So what else are you going to do? All right, we get all that going on and Rhonda now comes into this and that's fine. And Dean Ambrose, all of a sudden the shield comes back together. It's like revisionist history is going on. And it's like, we're supposed to have forgotten what's happened over the first, what, nine, 10 weeks of the year. Throw that out. We're just going to kind of circle things back. 
And, you know, the whole Becky Lynch push, we're going to put her back into perspective now. We're not going to push her out as the man. She's still going to come out as that because the crowd still responds to her. And she did what she did with Charlotte the next night, but it wasn't after what Ronda Rousey did. And with Becky Lynch, she continues to get hurt and hurt and hurt. And it's like, is she going to be able to make it to her match at Fastlane? They're making it where it's almost impossible because now you had her get the knee issue from Stephanie several weeks ago. Now Rhonda has done damage to the arm, which I'm going to try to justify and validate the beatdown that Rhonda put on Becky. Now Rhonda, you know, at first Becky was dropped to the ground and Rhonda did the takedown. And for the credit, we did see Becky punching back, but it's when Becky was given the arm bar. That's when Rhonda had the advantage. And there was no way Becky was coming back from that. She wasn't going to get herself out of that. If that would have, that would have making that would have made Ronda Rousey look very weak. So you couldn't do that. When it comes to Dean Ambrose, you know, the deal with that is Seth Rollins might have his title match, but Roman, they didn't know he was going to be coming back. You know, people are also complaining about the leukemia diagnosis and how he comes back so soon. Well, that whole thing they did after the show last week explained a lot of things. And now people understand that, I mean, at least there is a logical reason now it looks like, but everybody that says, Oh, but I have this, no, this person has cancer. I know this person has cancer. Look, I don't know anybody that does. I mean, knock on wood. Okay. And I feel bad for those that deal with that. Like, well, I just saw now where, you know, Alex Trebek, you know, the host of Jeopardy. It's got stage four pancreatic cancer. And for some people, that's a death sentence. That's like, you know what? You don't come back from that. It's basically terminal. And it's a shame to hear that. I still remember when Patrick Swayze went through that and he passed away from pancreatic cancer. And a lot of people have. And it's horrible. And it's an awful thing to go through. But, you know, I see all this here and I'm saying to myself, man, you know, with Roman Reigns, he's got to have good doctors. And I think for the most part in general, People have to realize that WWE has tried to do certain things where they have tried to do better when it comes to being able to keep their stars from being injured and doing things. But, I mean, there's still points where people get injured all the time. We saw Tommaso Ciampa got injured. He's got neck surgery coming up. We don't know where it's going to be coming up now, what that match with Johnny Gargano is going to be at TakeOver. They haven't named the replacement, but they're going to announce that uh, the NXT tapings. And I haven't seen anything come up yet about that yet. If there is, I'll let you know about it. But in the meantime, you know, keep an eye on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrestling is real. Always put no updates. And remember that I take stories from WrestleZone. I have their feed of their top latest news on the website, king of podcasts.com. So remember, you can always go there and check out the latest news. So keep an eye on there. Keep it on the Facebook feed because I've been very active over there as of late you know, kind of building things up, doing a little more Facebook stuff because I have to do that for a lot of different places. But now, with all that said and done, you have to think about the fact that with Roman Reigns, everybody thinks he was going to go through like the major leukemia. He was going to go through a lot of weight loss. He was going to do a lot of things. He did go through a lot of change. Like he definitely looks slimmer than he was before. He doesn't have as much bulk as he did before. But it's still Roman Reigns. We all remember it was. And his hair didn't go away altogether. 
So for everybody to go and start complaining about that, that's like that's a story I'm not even going to go ahead and touch and, and even address. I'm bringing it up now just because of the fact of continuity. Going back to my original point, continuity, and when things happen, to have the opportunity to have Batista come in or to have the chance to create the triple threat match for WrestleMania and to create some really great matches. That's what you got to do. Now, let's move on to SmackDown. When you look at what they did there and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, we want to be able to get SmackDown to a certain point where we want to get some interesting storylines from here. Last week, we know Kofi Kingston was kicked out of the title match with Daniel Bryan at Fastlane for this weekend, and Kevin Owens is now in his place. And Kevin Owens comes in as a babyface, <clears throat> as babyface as you can be, with no explanation as to what happened with Kevin Owens after he butted, head-butted Vince McMahon. We never heard anything about that. For whatever reason, that's going on there, and people were very, really weird about it. So Kevin Owens, for no particular reason, was introduced by Vince McMahon last week to be the new opponent for Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's character is still strong, but you do need to have a strong opponent. Now, Kofi Kingston could have absolutely done that. Now, they also, the company knows that they're going to make some changes because Kofi, being involved by accident, by the way, that Mustafa Ali could not be in an Elimination Chamber match, Kofi gets the opportunity, the crowd eats it up. And they're like, give Kofi a chance. I'm with you. I want Kofi to have that chance. No doubt about it. But then they're going to find a way to not give you that crumb. They, they do not want to go ahead and just give you that match. Like Becky Lynch is just not going to win that title off of Ronda Rousey right away. And then you're Brian. They're not going to take that belt right off of him after this gimmick is working so well. He just got the hemp belt like what, a month ago? You got to give this time. Like I want them to have time for this. So Brian's doing a great job and you know, Kevin Owens has done babyface work. He just never did in the, in the WWE. He hasn't had a chance to, but they've positioned him enough to make him feel like he's an everyday guy and he's playing the babyface role very well. So they'll have their match. Good. They're going to have a good match. We know that no question. Kevin Owens is very versatile, man. He's a good hand. Let me tell you. And he can be brought up to the main event right away which is great. It's good news to say. So Shane and Miz, I expect them to have the falling out of Fastlane because we're going to finally see that. Fastlane, for what it's worth, is looking pretty good. I'll give them credit that the company has done more or less what they need to do to kind of get the card into good shape because it did need some help. We're looking at this after Elimination Chamber. I don't think a lot of people were necessarily really all set for it. So, I mean, you had to think about all that. But we look at the card. Let's look at the card right now. Let's go and take a look at what we have. At this point, the show coming up from Cleveland, Ohio, Daniel, will, Daniel, oh, Daniel Bryan will face Kevin Owens for the WWE Championship. And then you have a winner in match where they set up now if Becky Lynch wins her match against Charlotte Flair, which will be another barn burner, I know those two are going to have a great match together. And like I said, you could put Becky and Charlotte together. I don't care how many damn times you put them out there. They're just fun together. They're good. Especially with the storyline. It's good stuff between those two and the storyline wise, right? Even though they might be not doing well to the Becky Lynch character, not doing it justice, but what they are doing is 
after Ronda Rousey did what she did in the Money in the Bank ladder match late last year and how things turned out of the Royal Rumble, you know, Ronda Rousey obviously persona not, not, not so happy because the crowd was booing her, you know, the Raw after Royal Rumble. And people were just like not giving her the praise. Because she should, but uh, for whatever reason, the crowd decided to start feeling like they were getting that Roman Reigns treatment with her because she was just getting too much. Like, just being pushed down her throats, which she was. But they decided to turn it and let Ronda turn heel, which is a good thing for her. I think she'll do very well as a heel. I think she's got, definitely has the chops to do it. So Becky wins an in. But again, the continuity I'm sure is here. So why doesn't Charlotte get some kind of effect that she is in the match? You know, I mean, part of it, you could just say, well, listen, Charlotte will now have a triple threat in her hands. At WrestleMania, instead of having the one-on-one match with Ronda that she was hoping for. So there is a stipulation on her side, even though she doesn't have anything to lose in the match with Becky this weekend. Like I said, with the Usos, good promo, by the way. Besides what other people think, I think the promo that the Usos came out with this weekend, this week, was pretty good. I liked it. I was laughing at it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Especially the shoe part. <laughs> I thought the shoe game joke was actually pretty good. So Usos defend the SmackDown Live tag team titles against Shane and the Miz. Women's tag team titles. First title defense for Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Tamina, Dia Jax and Tamina. Oscar will take on Mandy Rose for the women's championship. I thought it was going to be Sonya Shayna Baszler, but I guess no, it's Mandy Rose. Oh no, I guess no, it is Mandy Rose. That's right. But Shayna Baszler was supposed to face Oscar on SmackDown. That didn't happen. And then Raw Tag Team Championship Revival defend against Ricochet and Alistair Black versus Chad Gable, Bobby Roode. That'll be great. And then shield will take on true McIntyre, Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley with real lush Leo rush at ringside real lush. And then Ray Mysterio versus Andrade, another classic with those guys. You just need to have time to have this match really ferment. So that's a good card. And what do we get out of that card? Is going to lead to things coming up to WrestleMania. Well, most importantly, we're going to see Daniel Bryan, and Kevin Owens, will we see some interjection from Kofi Kingston? How does he get involved in this or the night after or the Tuesday after? And then what do we see when it comes to Becky and Charlotte and what that outcome leads to all together? I mean, we don't know what the Shield match will have either that will have implications, but 
we know at least two of the matches will have implications towards the main event of WrestleMania. The seeds were planted for Batista Triple H. That's the good featured veterans match. That's a good match to have. That'll be a match that'll be a good, that will definitely draw when you don't have John Cena or Undertaker for sure that are going to be part of the show. So again, WrestleMania has their four big matches. They're good with that. They're good to go there. And the rest of the card, we just might see some kind of a simulation with some of these stars that'll be brought into the WrestleMania mix, but they will not have featured matches. They will just have matches on there that will be significant, but not of the four featured matches on the card. So that's where they're going with that. So SmackDown afterwards, you got Samoa Joe, which, you know, with the R-Truth United States Open Challenge with the U.S. Championship in his hand, and Samoa Joe wins his, Samoa Joe wins his first title since he got on the roster. Two years on the roster, and he wins it. With Samoa Joe, having this U.S. title, I have to think that you want to keep that belt on him and you want to do the anti you want to have him do the anti deal with us title and still take challenges and just tear people up. I think what you will have when it's all said and done, I think you will definitely have Mustafa Ali be involved with them in some point. There'll be other people that'll deal with Joe anyway. I mean, the truth is Samoa Joe, because he has a title, even though the title doesn't mean much. You could definitely make something of that and step him up. By the way, I didn't even think about this, but can we just make a little point around here? Because the fact that, okay, we see Samoa Joe become U.S. champion, and he stands out, and hopefully we're going to see him in a good match at WrestleMania. He'll have a good opponent. Something will happen with him. But I haven't heard... Anybody at all, not one person talking about Finn Balor, who was not on this show on Monday night. That's your IC champion. Nowhere to be found on the show. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was in the match with uh, Lashley, McIntyre, and Corbin. So they had him out there, but like the IC title is not being, it, it's, it's kind of in the, right now, Balor, He's kind of just like less in the mix. He's like out of the mix right now because the shield dealing with Lashley, McIntyre and Corbin, like we're not seeing anything there, but Finn Bauer to me, I just felt like he wasn't made a big deal out there. I mean, he's won the title, but what has he done with it? I mean, yeah, it's elimination chamber where he won it, but I haven't seen much come out of it. It's like you can have them rematch with Lashley. I just feel like those guys being put together, that IC title's lost in the mix. When the truth is, at WrestleMania, you'd like to see the IC title actually be defended. It should be, I mean, all the titles should be defended. And the IC title, you know, remember, that IC title's been built up pretty well for a long time now. And for whatever reason, they don't have anybody holding that. They, they, they had this change, but the IC title's meant something for a while. So, like, we need to have the IC title be featured a little bit more. Most importantly, because the universal title is not even in the picture right now. Where has Brock Lesnar been? He's not even being seen yet. Like, we're not even getting the customary once in a while appearances by Brock Lesnar. No, we're getting Heyman. So, 
Brock Lesnar is just getting less appearances. Yes, Fastlane is going on this weekend, but the fact that the Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar match has not been focused on, the IC, IC title has not been focused at all on the WrestleMania picture is interesting. I don't know why, but those two title matches are going to be important. I think those titles being defended at WrestleMania are very important, but we're not seeing much about it. We're not seeing much being done about it. So it's just there. Those kind of things I concern myself with. I'm don't know how all of you feel about it, but that's where I'm looking at things. Now, I was thinking about that because Samoa Joe winning the U.S. title, which was great for him. You know, I mean, Samoa Joe was never a long title holder in TNA either, right? I mean, it was more of an X-Division champion holding that title and was much more remembered for his X-Division run than he ever was with the World Heavyweight title, right? So that was actually kind of interesting and cool to see that. Alistair Black and Ricochet definitely moving their move, but now one thing that does suck for Tommaso Ciampa, getting injured is Johnny Gargano is not involved, in Raw or SmackDown this week, right? Uh, do we even see him? And what does Chomp, What does Gargano do now at NXT TakeOver? We don't know what their changes are going to be yet. Like I said, we got to wait. Now, what was actually kind of cool too was Ricochet and the bar and Black and Ricochet win. And then we see the Hardy Boys and we see Nakamura and Rusev all come out and some great stuff out there and Hardy boys. Hey man, Matt Hardy. He's not the, the broken gimmick is not being used right now. You know, for whatever reason, uh, Matt Hardy's dropped the broken gimmick for right now. I'm sure it can always come back, but Matt Hardy is coming out now looking like the Matt Hardy of old. It looks like 1999 Matt Hardy and Jeff the same way. They're both coming out like the Hardy boys of old, the recognizable, guys that we always saw out there and that's great for them that's good stuff good to see them out there and they'll be involved in the smackdown tag team title picture or the, the raw tag team title picture good stuff that works out for them so manny rose in a quick match over naomi and naomi's just kind of like persona not grata they're just quickly just throwing things over i mean mandy rose getting wins like she is that's crazy and then Mustafa Ali coming out to help Owen. So Mustafa Ali is back. I was actually surprised he was going to come back before WrestleMania after the injury because if they can't put him in any particular storyline, who knows what they're going to do with him, but he's brought back in. And obviously, they have an idea what to do with him. But the SmackDown side, when it comes to WrestleMania, there's a lot of things that are left to be answered. And there are still a lot of matches that are left to be put together for WrestleMania time as well, right? We're waiting. We're waiting right now because when it comes down to it, WrestleMania, we know for sure, more or less, triple threat, Ronda, Becky, Charlotte. That's main event, probably the closing out of the night. Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, lock that in too. Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens with Kofi Kingston maybe in the mix, maybe a triple threat. You could probably lock that in too. And the Triple H Batista is your fourth match. There's your four main matches right there. And that's probably good enough to get the, you know on the card. Like, think about it. If you're going to book WrestleMania, if you're going to promote the mainstream part of WrestleMania, well, then here you go. Put it like this. Okay. You got Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey, two of the biggest names in the UFC, 
and a mixed martial arts and two of the biggest names in wrestling now because they're both mainstream stars. Mainstream mainstream uh, names that people will know. So if you're going to ask people at WrestleMania, how are you going to tell them about it? Oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey have matches. They're both defending their titles, right? And then you're going to say Triple H and Batista. Oh, yeah, Triple H, that's right. You know, Triple H we've seen on TV for 20 years. He's, you know, DX and all that stuff. And Batista, oh, yeah, he was with Evolution and he was, you know, a long time the animal, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, they're all going to remember that. They're going to see these. And Batista is mainstream box office, right? Look at all that. Look at all that that comes into account. You got some real star power now on WrestleMania. And what did they have before that? Well, we had Brock Lesnar going to take on Seth Rollins, but no build to it. There's still been no build to it. Ronda's match with Becky and Charlotte now has a tremendous build. It's being, it is built, it's getting built up. The buzz and all is going great for that. Even though there are bumps in the road. And I understand that. That's understood. It's fine. People just need to let it go. I understand that we could be much more critical about the product, but at this point, yours truly king of podcasts cannot be that critical right now. They're giving me two weeks of decent programming. Like, I mean, they did last week. They, they really did some good stuff this week. They're giving me the WrestleMania build that I want, right? They're doing things that they're taking things in the right direction. Are they completely doing everything great? No. You know, there's obviously nitpicking to take my most listen above everything else. If I had one thing I had to nitpick, one thing I had to absolutely bitch about was the first thing I said at the start of the show, the Saturday night live weekend hosts, the weekend update hosts, Michael Che Collins, throw them out. We don't, even, I don't want, I don't want them on TV. And I know they were crapped on this week because they're no good. They're just, they just suck. That was the worst part about the WrestleMania buzz to see those guys hosting, which is not a big deal, but. They're going to do that because they want to basically have something that's like, you know, something that will get people talking. And I think Michael Chin Collins will do something that will get things started, but they're not. Nothing's going to happen at all. Like they're, I, I mean, listen, I will absolutely crap on Collins for n- no selling Braun Strowman, putting him up against the wall, choking him out. Collins should have at least, I mean, you'd think the guy would have been acting around on Saturday Night Live long enough. See, I don't know if, the, if Michael Chen Collins would actually do anything in terms of a lot of skits. I can't say I've watched Saturday Night Live because I just don't. Like, I mean, I might catch a clip here and there on YouTube, but not much. I mean, because there's not a lot of characters I really like on there. There's a couple I do. I think some of the girls on there are pretty hot, and they're not they're not bad. It's necessarily strong, and I forget there's another girl on there. That's, that's pretty funny. And there's a couple of people on there okay. I still think Keenan, Keenan Thompson, you know, for as long as he's been around, he's great. You know, I saw he's going to leave that. If he hasn't already left the show, he's leaving the show to go ahead and have his own show on NBC. So hopefully that'll do well. But there's nobody else on Saturday Night Live to watch. And I'm like, really, like, really stands out to me. So they're in a rough spot, man. They're like, they were put onto this show, WrestleMania, and onto WWE television so they could do something, okay? Because they have nothing else. When you look at all, everything said and done, there is, it's like NBC was asking for a favor 
because they're part of the universal family, the NBC universal family. Hey, please put Michael and Colin out. I can hear Lauren Michaels, uh, Vince, could you please put Michael and Colin out there? We'll really appreciate it. I could just see Lauren Michaels making the phone call or somebody else from that show or somebody from NBC calling WWE. Please put these guys on. Give them something to do. So, okay, host WrestleMania. Let's do them do some backstage skits. But honestly, you know, these guys are not actors. They're not comedic actors. I don't see them coming out doing any kind of movie where they can run it themselves, okay? Put it like this. Among the people that are actually able to do shows, like they were on television and they can translate to TV or to movies, there's not many. Like the last group of people that I saw, they were able to go make that turn to from TV to movies and do comedies is what? Jake Johnson and um, Damon Wayans Jr.? You know, Let's Be Cops? I can't think of what else. And Saturday Night Live, notoriously, was always good at bringing in people. I mean, even, you know, Will Forte doing MacGruber. People were watching that. I mean, you know, Andy Samberg gets his own show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was his vehicle. So you're seeing people that are like, you know, and obviously with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, you see where they got to go with different shows of their own. So things can be done, and the shows actually did have some success. But put Michael Che and Colin Yost anywhere else. Are you going to get anywhere else? Man, I remember when I was telling about Kevin Hart, man. God. Man, why did I complain about Kevin Hart again? <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Boy, I was wrong about him, bro. I was so wrong about him. Of the few things uh, of the few things that I definitely have been wrong about on doing podcasting here for the last, what, uh, six and a half years, I was definitely wrong about Kevin Hart. Definitely wrong about him. But that's what I do, man. You know, it's like we're, we're we are the air is human. I'm allowed to be, be a, be a guy and have my flaws. And I put that on this show every week. And even when I listen to myself on this show, sometimes I'm telling myself, man, boy, I am like stumbling all over the place. And I, I will say, Oh, they got lots of problems, lots of problems. And I'm just reading through stories and just kind of flipping through the websites and looking at stuff. And yeah, you know, I think, you know, I'm just trying to put a good show out and just talk what's on my mind. Like, I really don't try to edit the show down anymore. Like, I used to, like, stop and start. Like, I would just take a rant, do it, stop, look at some of their stuff, come back. I would try to read stuff. I stopped doing that. Like, now, when you hear me do this show, depending on whenever I decide to go and do this and I just try to record, I get everything ready to go and I say, okay, I'm going to relax. I'm going to chill, do some other things. And then I'm going to sit down and I'm going to give myself an hour to rant. And I'm going to go through everything I have and basically, you know, whatever I got to crap on, whatever I got to praise, positive, negative, I'm going to give you a full thought, my whole thought on everything and look at the news and everything else and just go with that and just say, okay, this is me just putting everything in perspective, putting context into things and making it a point to just tell it like I would think it is and also listen to other shows. So I'm not repeating the same stuff other people are doing, but then what I'm also doing is I'm just trying to give an opinion. that's just natural. You know, this podcast has never been about me trying to be better than everybody else. Like I'm not the guy that's coming out here saying I got like millions and millions of downloads and promoting myself. Like, I mean, I mean, how often do I always promote other shows and I always drop name, drop other shows I do it all the time. It's like, for me, it's like, I don't go into gossip. 
there's certain stories I never will touch and talk about. Why? What for? It's not for me to say. It's like, that's not what's important to me. It's what I've done this show for this is the beginning. I've been always trying to find the best way to get to the show where I can be right where I want to be, the way I want to be. But trying to figure out the best way to get there, the best way to offer this show and give opinion. And one thing I wanted to do during WrestleMania time, when we get to these points of nitpicking and criticizing, I don't want to do what the IWC does. I just don't want to do that. And the people are going to be so upset about this. Let me do this. On my Twitter feed, at King of Podcasts, I remember going to a thing where Blake Ostreicher, who I haven't named out because he's one of the guys that uh, writes for Forbes magazine for the wrestling page. I have not brought him up much at all, but what I did do, which I only did one tweet during Raw this week anyway, I decided to jump in on one thing that he was mentioning was he mentioned the following here. Let me uh, give what he has said. Because he talked about early on the night on Monday Night Raw about how maybe I'm in the minority here, but the reunion of the Shield makes absolutely zero sense to me. But this is what I said, and this was the crux of what I was going to talk about tonight. Let me do it like this. I'll give them credit. WWE is trying to write the ship on their on-air product and get WrestleMania back on the top of online discussion after a bad start of the year. I mean, I can't summarize it better than that. They also said this. We all know WWE sucks at continuity, but at least the the card is finally taking shape. That's the gist of what I've been talking about for the last 40 minutes on this show. That's the focus of what this rant was tonight. That we got to, again, I mean, yeah, calm down this and that. I mean, I did say that a few weeks ago because I thought we were really like, Right before WrestleMania season started, I know people were just so down on this company. But it's like feigned outrage is a thing these days and, and whatever, man. People are feigning outrage over Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch over Twitter feeds and all. Like, you know what? Let them do it. If the company's not going to see anything about it, it doesn't matter to me. It just doesn't. I think people are just kind of so caught up on things so much of everything. Which it is what it is, man. It is what it is. All right, now, getting back to the SmackDown, we know we also saw Becky attack Charlotte Flair, so we got that whole deal. But Lynch got the upper hand over Charlotte Flair, so they're trying to make it where the whole idea that... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe Becky Lynch is going to not possibly win on... No, she might not possibly win this Sunday. We don't know. So there's all that that's trying to be considered, right? Okay, fine. But when you look at everything right now, it's like, yes, their continuities always sucked. We've talked about that for years. And we could talk about, we, we could probably, you could probably do a podcast alone on the lack of continuity of anything WWE related or wrestling in general. Okay. There's always been that. 
Movies, TV, everything we have always has some kind of lack of continuity. And WWE is notoriously bad for it. That's fine. What else are you going to do? I mean, what else do you want to do with that? It's like, let's get the card right. Let's get WrestleMania right. Let's get some things at least going in the right direction. Because in this corporate entity, they have no continuity department. And they're never going to have one. And I mean, people should just kind of just tolerate the fact that it is what it is. They're going to do things the way they do. They're going to make their mistakes. And you know what? Are they going to worry about the, you know, Jason Agnews or the Don Tonys or the Anthony Missionary Thomases or the Solomasters of the world? Are they going to worry about what these guys are saying on a regular basis to the point they need to make changes and fix it? Joey numbers. Are we going to get those, those people? Hey, God bless them all, man. They do great stuff. I listen to all of them. But let's be honest with each other. Is that really going to make enough of a dent to make WWE to do anything? No, they're going to be voices of a movement that of where certain things might happen within the IWC that will say, okay, let's do something here. Daniel Bryan needs to be pushed a little higher. Kofi Kingston needs to be pushed. Becky Lynch needs to be pushed. So that kind of stuff happens. But when you're talking about continuity, you know, it's, the attention to detail is what people don't do anymore in any kind of media. It's true. That is just, that's just the way it is. That's just a fact of life. Quoting Eli Drake. It's just, that's what it is. It's the way it is. So neither which way. So I'm going to do this. I do want to go and talk about fast lane in a few minutes because we definitely got to talk about that. So we'll do premium predictions as I close out the hour. But what I got to do now is talk about a few things when it comes to, a passage in the world of wrestling and one of the more bigger names that we had that we lost this week, just a couple days ago and very unfortunate. That would be King Kong Bundy, Christopher Allen Paley's. That's his name. And it's unfortunate, but yeah, that's what happened to him. Okay. At the age of 63, he passed away. Actually, people were saying he was 61, but he actually is 63. Born November 7, 1955. Two days after the Back to the Future Day. November 5th, 1955. That's when I got to learn, uh, you know, learn about time travel. The flux capacitor. By the way, Back to the Future is one of those movies that I, if they show it on TV, I have to watch it. I have to stop and watch it. That's one of those. And if they ever, ever decide to do anything with him, oh my goodness, man. If they ever decide to remake that movie, by so help me God, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. I already was getting ready to get bitchy about 9 to 5 getting remade, but they're not going to do what I thought. They're actually going to, they might do that show, that movie justice. That's okay. Even Ocean Saint, I thought was pretty good. That's the whole Ocean's Eleven thing going on. But anyway, which way? So King Kong Bundy. Bet you didn't know all his ring names. He was also Boom Boom Bundy, Chris Bundy, Chris Cannon, Chris Kenyon, Crippler Cannon, and Man Mountain Cannon Jr. <laughs> he was billed 458, par, 458 pounds, six foot four, big bald headed, big guy. Now, he was trained by Larry Sharp in the Monster Factory in New Jersey. 
he debuted in A931 under the name Chris Canyon and then became Chris Cannon. He then worked in world-class championship wrestling. He worked as Big Daddy Bundy, and he got to work with the Von Erichs. Then he would get brought in under the tutelage of one of the greatest managers of all time, Playboy Gary Hart, and reintroduced as King Kong Bundy. And wore a black singlet, which would be his signature look. And also in the same feud that he had with the Von Erichs, he would lose his hair. And he never grew it back. He kept himself bald. He also worked in the NWA. And one of the best things about King Kong Bundy was that he would not ask for a three count when he would give a pinfall. So when you watch a squash match with him, he didn't want a three count. He demanded a five count. <laughs> so you get one, two, three. He says, no, 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 no. Two more, four, five. One of my favorite gimmicks of all time. I mean, seriously, that I loved. When I saw Big E Langston in NXT, remember? When Big E came out, after he was doing the Big E Langston thing, and I forget who he tag team with in Florida Championship Wrestling, but then when he came out to NXT in the initial character as Big E, which I think they took the Langston off his name, he was doing the five count, and he chanted five, five, five to the crowd. We never heard that again. Actually, I hope, I really hope, whenever the New Day get to be back in the ring again, I really hope that New Day come back out, and I hope that Biggie will get a chance to relive the five count again. At least maybe if it was just for one night as a tribute to King Kong Bundy, I would love that because they should do that. But what people will most remember about King Kong Bundy was his run in the World Wrestling Federation. He joined March 16, 1985, first managed by Jimmy Hart. And he always had his five count with the referee. Also had the, what was said to be the shortest match in WrestleMania history until 2008 when he defeated SD Special Delivery Jones and what was counted as nine seconds, which was actually 17 seconds. And then Jimmy Hart traded King Kong Bunny to manager Bobby Heenan in exchange for Adrian Adonis and the missing link. When do you see that stuff anymore? Managers and he used to trade talent. Man, I wish for those days, man. That's good stuff. So Bobby Heenan would then join the Heenan family. So me, uh, uh, King Kong Bundy would join the Heenan family. Feuded with Andre the Giant. It was an angle where Bundy interfered in one of Andre's matches, delivered several smashes, and also gave the Giant a kayfabe broken sternum. And they feuded for several months with a pair of tag team matches on Saturday night's main event where Bundy and Andre's nemesis, Big John Sud, took on Andre and Tony Atlas. And then Andre was with Hulk Hogan, who was champion at the time. Then you also had Bundy take on Andre the Giant, building a match at Madison Square Garden as the Colossal Jostle. And Andre dominated the match, the matches with Big John Sud, coming out to aid Bundy, and the DQ was a result. So, you saw King Kong Bunny in the very early days of Saturday Night's Main Event and the very first couple of WrestleManias. Went to semi-retirement until 1994, and then he was brought back in in the fall of 94 as the Million Dollar Corporation came around, Ted DiBiase's stable. 
but a short run, nevertheless, and would be released in October 95. After that, he joined other, he would join other companies and he would go out and do things, but really he didn't do too much. And as far as I know, I don't believe he ever won any titles. Yeah, I don't think King Kong Bunny ever won a title. Because his thing, he's just a big guy. And it was really good. Now, he also, you might not have known, he was also doing a lot of, he did some movie stuff too, right? I still remember he was one of the Bundys on <laughs> Married with Children. By the way, Married with Children, you know, if you don't know the story about that, Ron Levitt, Michael Moy, the guys that created the series, who also created the series It's Your Move with Justin Bateman, which is the precursor to the type of show we were going to see on Married with Children. This is a little backstory for TV guys, okay? All you TV aficionados. You know what? If you get a chance, go look for It's Your Move on YouTube. They only did, what, uh, 18 episodes total, but the first 13 are worth watching because you see, you know, uh, Steve, uh, yeah, you see Steve from Married with Children on that show as Norman, which is a really good character, good snarky character on there. So it wasn't as nice there either, but seriously him and justin bateman and the war and the the matching of of wisdom the uh the odds at each other you know especially fighting over what was justin bateman's mom on that show who was hot she was in the movie my tutors karen cage gorgeous at the time and didn't believe one wasn't so believable to be a mom but either which way and then norman who was going out with the mom all right so you got that whole story right there good stuff for 13 episodes talking about continuity and then all of a sudden Justin Bateman's character gets caught. What? You ruined the show like that. You just jumped the shark. But that's what they decided to do. Decided to go a different direction. So now, because Michael Moy and Rollins had a big thing about watching King Kong Bundy, they thought, what a great last name for the family that was going to be made for Married with Children. Alan Peggy Bundy. <laughs> Bud Bundy. Pe- Kelly Bundy. Bundys. And it worked. And people were just all over it. And everybody knows that. Come on. Whoa, Bundy. Come on now. That's funny stuff. So, yeah. There you go. It's a. Uh, King Kong Bundy was something else, man. He was a uh, pretty good. He was a, a very memorable character. Very memorable. He also was in the movie, movie, movie uh, moving with Richard Pryor in 1988. He also was on an episode of the TV show Word, Word Science, not the movie. Also was on Boy Meets World for an episode. And he also tried stand-up comedy. I mean, he did a lot of different things. So, cool stuff. And there you go, man. Wasn't a long time in the business, but memorable enough. Memorable enough to remember him on TV and just saying, that guy was just a beast. They don't make guys like him anymore. Those are the kind of guys that Vince I know loves. Pretty sure Vince McMahon likes those guys. They use them so much, and especially when it's about guys they could put up against Andre, oh, they love that crap right there. They love that. And it worked. But it probably that character might not work as much today. But people will remember that was really good stuff. Now, By the way, I also want to make a point that, you know, unfortunately, Luke Perry passed away, who his son, who was Jack Perry, who goes under the name Jungle Boy, who looks damn well like him. 
and it looks like he's going to be something pretty important. He is on the roster of All Elite Wrestling, by the way. There you go. about that? Um, talked on Twitter, or excuse me, on Instagram to pay tribute to his dad. Only law, at 52 years old, too young. Was on the show, Riverdale. I was doing fine, man. Listen, had work after 90210. He was still still doing a lot of work. He was still acting quite a bit. But unfortunately, you know, had the stroke a couple weeks ago, and that was just, everything kind of just went down from there. And unfortunately, as a, for, as a result of that stroke, that was it for him. He just, you know, could not recover from it completely. That's unfortunate. By the way, on the show Riverdale, I'm not, I haven't watched that show yet, but I'm almost, I'm almost enticed to watch it. I would love for somebody to tell me if they like Riverdale or not, because that Camila Mendez is a, is a hot tamale right there. She's a good looking woman right there. Like I got a thing for that woman. She's like, almost like a crush from afar. It's like, she has a good looking girl right there. And I'm almost interested to watch her play Veronica on that show. But somebody tell me if Riverdale's worth watching, if I should go ahead and like go through and watch it on Netflix. That's what I wanted to figure out. I'd love to get some Netflix ideas too. Like what shows are you guys watching that I should definitely watch that I haven't already watched? Those are the kind of things I would love to find out. But you know, it's, that's something I wanted to bring out there too. A couple other things to bring up too. I saw Jim Ross is not going to be involved with WWE in the moment. So he's only been in some limited roles, but now there's a chance that maybe Jim Ross will make himself open to be part of the the office at All Elite Wrestling in some capacity. I don't think he should be involved in the announcing duties or on air. I think that guy, I think Jim Ross will be best served in an office role, whether it is talent relations, whether it is you know something else he does in, in a role that he can be very useful. That would be something that would be good for him too. So, like I said, Tommaso Ciampa, unfortunately, he got injured. And what we know about that so far is that he is requiring surgery. And Dave Meltzer broke the news yesterday on Wrestling of the River Radio. Went under medical evaluation. He's scheduled for an anterior cervical fusion. That's a shame. He'll be off for several months. We'll not see him until the end of the year or early 2020. So, that's it for him. And don't know what they're going to do with the main event that was already scheduled for NXT takeover in New York or in Brooklyn. We don't know what's that. That's going to be yet. So that few doesn't get a chance to continue, but I mean, that means Tommaso Ciampa also has to relinquish the belt. That's going to suck too, but maybe that's what they do with uh, the main event at takeover. They just create a, maybe they do like a one night tournament for guys get a chance to go after or They do a four way or something where they do that, where they get the belt out there and they get a chance to see who might win from it. Congratulations to WoW. I didn't talk about the the uh, Women of Wrestling, which I did get to watch some of the series. I just it was kind of weird how they put it together. When I watched online, it wasn't like full, like long episodes. It were like 15 minutes long. But Women of Wrestling did well enough on Access TV to get a second season. So we're going to see. I don't know if they're going to do longer or not. Let's see what they say about it. But it's good to see WoW come back in because I thought it was pretty good. See Tessa Blanchard out there. And they got a you know, few people out there. Santana Garrett. And they had some de- decent, interesting characters. Very, very much produced a lot. But, you know, for what it's worth, they're going to get 24 episodes in their next season coming up. Season finale for this season is March 9th. Or this Friday at 9, 8, 9, 6, 6 Pacific, excuse me. 
And it'll be a title match between Tessa Blanchard and Jessica Havoc. So that's good stuff. So they'll be coming back, but I don't think they have said when they're going to have those matches yet. But we do know that there will be new season, tickets for the new season, May 15th and 16th in Los Angeles. <clears throat> and tickets are available. So there you go for that. But again, we don't know when they're going to have the ne- the second season. They didn't make an announcement as to when it will be, but they will have it coming up. So that'll be good stuff too. Now, what I also didn't get a chance to talk about as well was I never got to talk about fighting with my family last week, which I should take a minute to at least talk about that. I said I was going to review it because I did. I got to say that the movie did very well for me and people complained about that too, but you know what it comes down to? You know, that show, I mean, that, that movie, by the way, you know, it wasn't going to be perfectly like st- story driven and like told exactly. They're going to take some, they're going to take some leisure with the storyline. They were going to do that. And they did because they didn't tell it exactly what it was. They didn't talk about what she was in Florida championship wrestling. They said it was NXT because that's what it was. And they probably took some leisure to the story about what it came about. But for the most part, the story they told based off our true story. Remember, it's always based on a true story. It's not exactly chronicling the exact true story. But the girl they brought in this page was good. I thought the characters were good. I thought, you know, I thought Vince Vaughn was fine doing the uh, Hutch Morgan character, the trainer thing. He was fine. I thought Rock was definitely in the movie and he made his role count for the little bit of time he was in there. And that's fine. I mean, I thought the story was told pretty well. It looked good. Most forgot about how much I liked Paige before, because you know, with Paige, it's like I liked her when she first came. When she first came up to the main roster, I loved her in, in FCW and NXT. I thought she was great. She was gorgeous. Like I don't like what she's done to herself. Like you know, obviously, you know, growing up in front of us, she was what, only like what twenty one or whatever. Now she's like in her mid twenties and. She's done a lot of things that she's probably regretted, obviously, the sex tapes and other things like that. But, I mean, honestly, good-looking girl, we loved her stuff in the ring, and we liked her all together because she was the anti-diva, and she had the whole the pale look and everything like that, which just just different, but was all into it. The raven hair beauty, which I'll never forget that Stephen Regal called her during a, uh, during a match with something with the women uh, wrestlers. I forgot what match it was. It might have been something with uh, Vicky Guerrero's daughter out there in a match, and I forget what her name was in that show. But might have been any Elise out there as Sarah Cortez, I think it was, or whatever her name was in that show at SCW at the time. SCW was fun; like it was just a little, hork- uh, little, little, little schlocky, but I still enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool to watch. It was nice to watch it on YouTube too, on top of everything else. But Finding One Family was good. For just a straight-out movie, I think it was made for mainstream audience. <clears throat> I mean, wrestling people can definitely watch it, but, like, we can understand it more. But they definitely made it so that, you know, mainstream people could watch this movie and understand it and watch it. So they did a good job with it. They didn't go over the top trying to show a lot of different things to try to be very technical about the wrestling business for the marks out there. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to make it for people to watch. And I think the trailers did a shitty job with to try to promote the movie. That's first off. I think they did a horrible job with the promos. I thought the dad character was good. I thought, you know, uh, Queen Cersei from uh, Game of Thrones, she had a cool little part in there. And like, wow, man, what a hell of a job they did with that movie. I thought it was pretty well cast. I thought it was good all together. Good movie. Definitely could watch it again. Like, it was that good. 
surprisingly, when I saw Rotten Tomatoes put that up at 91% or whatever it was by the critics and a 90%, and it was 92% when I watched it on Rotten Tomatoes, fresh, certified fresh, and it was 90% by the audience, I'm like, okay, I'm going. And I was like, I felt coming out of the movie, I felt good. Like, there hasn't been a lot of good movies to watch anyway. This year, you know, I'll go see Captain Marvel, see if that's any good, but really, there hasn't been much to watch. Not really. Let me touch on a couple other things before I uh, get to predictions for Fastlane. So WrestleMania 36, we're, looks like we're going to learn that they're going to have the event in Tampa Bay. Now, I haven't seen where they're going to have it at, if they're going to have it at Raymond James Stadium or if they're going to hold it in... Uh, the stadium over there at, uh, oh no, it will be at Raymond James, April 5th, 2020. But the plan will be that WrestleMania will be in Tampa. That's going to be good for a lot of locals. A lot of good places to watch wrestling down there in Tampa anyway. So, And they might have some shows in Orlando to get people interested, but Tampa will be cool. That'll be fun. And Raymond James is a great place to watch uh, football, by the way. And also home of the Bucks. I'm a big diehard Bucks fan, of course. So there you go. That's good stuff to say about that. Now, among other things, I got to tell you what I did love, everything about MLW this week, Intimidation Games, seeing Tom Lawler retain the title over Loki. I thought that stuff's been good. I think MLW has been knocking out of the park. You know, Brian Pillman Jr. doesn't get a whole lot of ring time in there, but like him being attached to the Hart Foundation, Teddy Hart and Davey Boy Smith Jr. is good stuff. Really, really good stuff. <clears throat> so I, I got a good credit there. That's fun to watch. It's been really enjoyable. Now, also among, among other things we know with AEW, you know, WrestleMania talk is now the thing. AEW is taking a little bit of a time off from the buzz. So there we got that. They have a new wrestler, Michael Nakazawa, that's joining the promotion. And we're learning that AEW is going to do another event called Fight for the Fallen. And it'll just be a big fundraiser. And it'll be held in Jacksonville, Florida. But nothing's going to be said much about that. They're scouring stadiums for new potential shows. That's also been in the talk as well. Now, I haven't talked much about Ring of Honor and when it comes to the new Japan G1 Supercard. But they do have things set up for that. And the title match has been booked for that show. And what we'll have on that is the following. Now, here's what happened. New Japan had their 47th anniversary show. Taiji Ishimori beat it, uh, Justin Thunder Liger to beat to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. He cut a promo in the ring about wanting to defend his title at the G1 Supercard. Issued an open challenge to anyone under contract with ROH, but instead Dragon Lee came out and accepted the challenge. So Dragon Lee will take on Ishimori at the G1 Supercard. That's a big match right there. Big damn match. Now, aside from that, the other matches you'll have are you'll have an IWG, IWGP tag team titles, Ring of Water World tag team titles on the line, and the IWGP tag team titles 
will be on the line because they will, those that are being held by the grills of destiny, Tama, Tonga Tangaloa it is, right, will face the Briscoes or PCO or Brody King, the winner of that match, because they will be taking on each other at Ring of Honor 17th anniversary show. That's coming up pretty soon too. So let's know what's going on with the Ring of Honor uh, 17th anniversary coming up. It's coming up next weekend, next Friday. And we will talk about that. You know, we'll, we'll do a post show for that coming up and we'll talk about that show. Now, what we're going to have so far on that show is this. Ring of Honor World Title match. Jay Lethal will take on Matt Taven for the Ring of Honor World Title. Briscoes will take on Brody King and PCO. And the winner of that will go after the IWGP Tag Team Champions in a match at the G1 Supercard. Women of Honor Title match. Mayu Iwatani, who is currently the champion because she, Kelly Klein lost the belt after she won it at the last pay-per-view. Ring of Honor TV title match, Jeff, Co- Jeff Cobb will take on Shane Taylor. Jeff Cobb is champ. Bandito against Roosh in singles match action. And Marty Skrull versus Kenny King. That's what you got scheduled right now for Ring of Honor. Coming up next Friday. And you can find it on pay-per-view. Should be able to go and catch that and watch it so everybody can go and enjoy that. And we'll talk about we'll talk about that. We'll probably won't do a post show for the 17th anniversary. We'll do something afterwards. Now, what I have to consider as well is there's gonna be a lot of stuff to go on. Like I'm pretty sure that of course we're doing the Sunday night post show for Fastlane this week. But for WrestleMania weekend, <clears throat> have the Wednesday show. Most likely we'll do a show on Saturday night. Well, actually, yeah, it would be Saturday night because I know by Friday night, we'll have already had NXT TakeOver. Well, let me try to see where this all works out. Let me try to figure this out real quick. Oh, by the way, another thing I can mention to you is that Ring of Honor, <clears throat> we're not going to have, uh, well, Madison Rain has left the company, so she's out of that. So let me go ahead and figure out what the events are coming up for WrestleMania weekend so I have everything into perspective for all of you. So we definitely know <clears throat> of the shows we're going to talk about. NFC TakeOver New York will have that on Friday night, April the 5th. Saturday night, April the 6th, will be the G1 Supercard. So we'll do a post show after after both of those shows. We'll cover Ring of Honor, New Japan, Pro Wrestling Supercard, the G1, and NXT TakeOver on Saturday night, April the 6th, that night of, after the Ring of Honor, New Japan show ends. And then we'll do a Sunday night show. We'll do WrestleMania, where we'll cover that after WrestleMania is done. We'll do a post show for that. <clears throat> and then we'll take care of that from there. And then we'll have those two shows to do with everything else that's going on. So that's good to know. That's good to have all that right there. So thought we'd make that mention. And like I said, man, after all said and done, when it comes to uh, after WrestleMania, like I said, there's interesting stuff to watch. We'll have Rebellion coming up for Impact Wrestling at the Rebel Complex over in uh, Toronto, Ontario at the end of April. And you got Double or Nothing coming up on the weekend of the weekend after Money in the Bank. Memorial Day weekend. Good stuff, man. All looking forward to all that. All right, finally, let's talk Fastlane. Let's finally get to that and wrap it up. Now, 
When it comes to fast lane, like I said, we already got the matches right here. I'm just going to quickly take a point and just put this down. And I'm going to go make sure that we have <clears throat> the predictions locked in for this week's show for Sunday. So if I need to go ahead and, you know, contradict myself because I was not correct on what I wrote in my predictions, at least I'll know it and I'll have it documented to do as such. So we'll do that for all of you. Funny thing is, I've also not been doing this show with an outline. I bet you didn't know that either. But normally I keep an outline of certain things I want to talk about, but I haven't done that in several weeks. I have just sat down here and just went through the motions. Now, for Fastlane, I'm going to predict Becky Lynch will win and they win, in, win an in-match, and she will get to be added to the WrestleMania 35 bout with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's title. <clears throat> I'm going to lock her in right now. She is my pick for that match. I still think she overcomes Charlotte Flair. Unfortunate, because Charlotte Flair, it's too bad she might take a loss for this. SmackDown tag titles. Usos will retain, and Shane and The Miz will then become, they'll have their feud begin there. I think Sasha Banks and Bailey retain the tag team titles over Nia Jackson Tamina, the women's tag team titles. Asuka, she better make quick work of Mandy Rose. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for Mandy Rose to have come up this way where she is. Listen, I like looking at her on Instagram like everybody else does, but I don't need her to be beating Asuka. Don't be doing that. As for the Raw Tag Team titles, I'm going to say Ricochet and Aleister Black win. And I can see Ricochet and Aleister Black then moving on into a title picture. Or they, you know, or they can have it where all these guys, <clears throat> either of the other two teams, could win the titles here. There's no necessity necessarily that Revival need to have the belts and continue to hold them. I mean, they're not necessarily burning it up with promos or anything like that. They're just coming out and defending the titles every week. Or you know, coming out and then uh, being featured every week on Raw, at least having a segment. Now, I think the Shield get a win over McIntyre, Corbin, and Lashley. To see the Shield, if they're going to put them back together, they're going to have that match actually happen. So locking that in too. And I think Andrade will be Rey Mysterio when it matters here in this pay-per-view matchup. I think that's going to happen too. There you go. That's where we're at. Now, one thing I want to go and tell you before I get going, I just wanted to give you the heads up and let you know that I did make some changes to the website, a little bit of cosmetic changes. You know, always like to loot a little refresh what I can. I'm always like also trying to put some money aside so I can change the hosting because I know the site doesn't load up as fast as it should. And I want to work on that. So you guys could definitely help out in that process. <clears throat> you can help out by, first of all, if you're interested in production that I do with kingofpodcast.com, like I mentioned at the end of the show, I don't make it a big point to promote anything beforehand or even do any plugs. Like, I mean, I just don't do it because you guys are not here for that. I mean, every other show, let me tell you, not for nothing. The inserts of ads these days, hearing it for all state or progressive or whatever else they got. Like, I don't want to do that to you guys. Like, I mean, I could do the dynamic ad insertion just like everybody else, every other podcaster out there. But you know what? I'm king of podcasts, and I understand. People don't want commercials in their damn shows. Like, I mean, every show that I do. Like, I've had to listen to Conrad Thompson doing 83 weeks, and I have to hear him plugging Blue Chew or wherever else. Well, you know what? I heard it the first time. I don't need to hear it over and over again. And Matt Kuhn, you know, hey, thank you for doing the show of Vince Russo. But also, I don't need to hear him talk about Patreon and this and that. And there's only so many times that I can hear about 
you know, either Don, Tony, or, or Missionary, or whoever else that might be plugging things and like, okay, thanks for the plugs. I know you get your premium services, but, you know, I'm not going to, I can't just go ahead and put out five bucks a month for everybody that want to go ahead and do shows with. It's not that I can't, it's I don't have time to listen, you know? I mean, thank you for doing, like for Don, Tony, thank you for putting out Breakfast Soup and Breakfast with Blasi and all these other shows and doing the Tuesday Night Smackdown re- recap and all that stuff, but that's just a lot, man. And I got other shows to listen to, man. I got... You know, I got too many other podcasts to listen to. There's just not enough. Like I put all this stuff on my Google podcast, which is a great place. If you're an Android listener and you want to listen to podcasts, I absolutely would recommend that. Please do that. Go ahead and find yourself a way to go ahead and get onto, you know, Google podcasts. If you're an Android user, you know, download it. It's one of the best ways to listen to the show and listen to any show. <clears throat> the best part you do with the show is you put on the gap killer feature. So it will take out the gaps of any time I'm taking a pause. And, you know, if somebody's talking properly and you listen to them, I listen to myself back listening with the gap killer because then I can hear myself get through my comment and my commentary quickly. So like what would be an hour long show usually takes about 45 minutes when you're doing that because it's not speeding you up. It's just cutting out the gaps and cutting out the gaps on a lot of shows. I do that all the time. So it's something to hear like Don Tony or missionary or solo monster going dum 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 and it's like you're cutting through but you're getting to the meat you're getting to what you want to talk about you know enough of course you can shuffle 30 seconds here and there back and forth you can do that too but you know that's neither here nor there so again google podcast is a good way to listen to the show and also remember look at all the other ways you can listen itunes iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify. No, 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 Spreaker. I didn't take it off of there. Spotify. You know, there's a lot of places to go. A lot of places to go. So by all means, you know, if you want to get yourself out there and be noticed, by all means, please go ahead and join us <clears throat> for part of things. Join in the production that I do. I do podcast production, social media marketing, web design, audiobooks, media coaching. I can do it right here from my computer here, or I can do it from my studios uh, where I am my full-time, wherever I got to do. I got facilities. I have the capabilities and I have the talent and talent that I can go ahead and outsource to as well for whatever you need. Just let me know. You know, I mean, you see the stuff I do. If you think I do a pretty good job. You need somebody to come in and help you with it. That's not going to be, you know, overly pricey. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not looking to break the bank. I'm not trying to, I hope you'll consider it. I hope you consider just joining in and help me out with this. And I hope you'll listen to my other show, the broadcasters podcast. I've been working on that show really hard and I really do some good stuff with that. Um, talking about media and really the idea is being a media watchdog and talking about how honestly, you know, the way things are done in media these days, conformity and, and all these problems that are going on with the show where well, with any show you watch on TV or this net, why is network TV failing? Why is it that Spotify and Pandora can beat out and destroy the music industry as it is? Why is that radio sucks so bad? Like there's reasons for all of this and I'm explaining that and I'm pointing it out and I am, you know, flashing it right in their face every week. I am just pointing out the hypocrisy, the conformity, the political correctness, the bullshit that's going on in the corporate entities and among social constructs that are screwing up everything we watch on TV, listen to on the radio, listen to on music or watch at a movie theater or on at home, whatever it is, all that's being put into account. And just keep all that in mind. That's what I got to tell you. So like I said, man, with this show, you know, 
Not long ago, I decided after I heard EC3 and Dixie going after each other, I said, we're the Carters, and wrestling needs us. And I heard that, and I'm like, you know what? That stuck as my line, and I'm sticking with it. And I just changed the logo on my website, and I put that back on the open of the show because the slogan still stands, you know? Like, I'm not the biggest show on the block, and I'm, I mean, I think, I'm, I'm, I would like to think this podcast is, I think I'm pretty respectable. I think I'm reasonable, I'm logical, and I have a good opinion. And I'm definitely not an opinion like everybody else. I just not, I do not drink the Kool-Aid that WWE feeds to me, and WWE is not my end-all be-all. It's never been like that. I have never stuck to one promotion in my life. I just don't do it. And I have, you know, affinities to others over others. Like, the truth is, you know, even with WWF, you know, I watched AWA. I watched World Class. I mean, I watched UWF. I watched Glow. Like, I loved all that stuff. It was never one company. You know, when you talk about, you know, the Attitude Era, I watched a lot of WCW. I watched more WCW than I did WWE. And I enjoyed ECW immensely. I always did. And with WWE, you know, into the mid-2000s, I was watching TNA, and I was watching, you know, enjoyed that when I could, but there was not much else. Like, I mean, I'll tell you, WWE right now finally has turned around the ship when it comes to <clears throat> what they need to do with their time to get things going on, all right? They really need to get things back in the right track, and they did. Like, this is the time for them to be back on the center of attention because WrestleMania season's here. They needed to get back to where they were, and they have. It's good for them. It's good for them to get back to where they're supposed to be because right now, like, all this other stuff doesn't need to be happening. Like, they need to get themselves back on track again and, like, let's get things back to where they're supposed to be. It's, like, it's ridiculous seeing all the problems they're going through right now with Knowing the AEW is coming up from the shadows, and when it comes to WrestleMania weekend, WrestleMania now is the card to see, but you also are going to keep in the back of your mind, man. You know what? There's something to be said about all the other things that are going on when you have so much going on. Like, watch out. You're going to have to still see what's going on when it comes to what they're going to do with um, the G1 Supercard. If anything stands out, among MLW or Impact Wrestling's events, they're co-branded and uh, co-talented events. We don't know what's going to go on with that, and we don't know what else is going to happen, but keep all that in mind. There's a lot of stuff to be kept up upon, so keep that there. It's very important. It's like, oh boy, <laughs> be careful. Watch out. Be careful what you wish for. You wanted a lot of good wrestling. We're going to get a lot of it now. That's going to be fun stuff. So keep that all in mind. It's coming soon. All right, well, that said, I'm going to leave everything right there. Thanks so much for finding the show, listening to us, listening to me, and doing like I always do. This has been great. And we're going to get back to this next week right here on the Wrestling Control Podcast because wrestling needs us. The following has been a presentation of kingofpodcasts.com. Subscribe to the Wrestling Control Podcast from iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and all major podcast portals. Follow the King of Podcasts on Twitter at King of Podcasts or at Wrestling Is Real on Facebook. We want to hear from you 24 hours a day. Call into the Wrestling Is Real voicemail at 561-899-7030 or email the show at kingofpodcasts at yahoo.com. 
And don't forget to check out the King of Podcasts other show, The Broadcasters Podcast, found at broadcasterspodcast.com.